This is a Federal News Network podcast. Welcome to Tech Talk Online, sponsored by Stratford University. You can listen to Tech Talk Live in the Washington, D.C. area, Saturday mornings from 9 till 10 on the following frequencies. 1500 AM, 1045 FM, 1035 FM HD2, and 1039 FM HD2. We thank you for listening to Tech Talk Radio. Interfacing complete. Please stand by. Now downloading Tech Talk Radio with Dr. Richard Schertz and Jim Russ. Tech Talk Radio, it's technology you can understand. And now here are Dr. Richard Schertz and Jim Russ. Welcome to Tech Talk Radio. We are in the virtual faculty lounge at Stratford University talking technology. I'm Dr. Richard Schertz. And I'm Jim Russ. Lots going on in technology as always. Tim Berner-Lee has proposed a way to fix the internet. A little contract that companies would sign. Uh-huh. I don't know how useful that's going to be, but we'll talk about what it is. I'm also going to talk about how to create a strong password. You know, we keep saying don't use weak passwords, don't use the same password over and over again. And people just nod, but they actually keep doing that over right. and over and over again. So I'm going to go through a very simple way to get a complex password that you can remember mm-hmm. and you can make variations of it for all your different websites so they're not all on the same password. It's a very very nice technique. I'm going to review some of the programming languages. Which ones are the most popular for the, you guys that you know want to get into technology, get into development? You'll know which ones to go after first. And this week we're going to feature a man who was one of the instrumental pioneers in the lithium-ion battery, John Bannister Goodenough. And so he, he, he... So his work was good enough. His work was good enough, and he, along with two others who also worked on the lithium-ion battery, he um, recently got a Nobel Prize for the lithium-ion battery, and that battery technology is driving all of electronics, electro, uh, you know, electric vehicles. It's, it's an important technology. Then I'll talk about how the lithium-ion battery works, and we'll also talk about where do we get the lithium? Mm-hmm. You know, how do we get it? What does it look like? I used to play with lithium in the lab back in high school. Really? Is it hazardous? It burns. It burns when it's exposed to air. Ah. I had a... That's true. That's right. Yeah. It's... uh, So I'll talk about an experiment gone awry with with lithium... (laughs) With lithium... With with lithium in high school, the, you know, uh, you know, the the nun there that was the, the chemistry teacher... You it went was, to a Catholic school. I did. I didn't know I, that. We I have did. that in common. I did. And so she, um, I, you know, because the, the, the experiments in chemistry at lab were a little bit lame. So I brought in my own lithium. <laughs> of course you did. I brought in my own lithium. Where in the world did you get lithium from? Well, I went to the college chemistry lab. Uh-huh. And I got, I had a friend there who, who got it out of the, um, at, at the college lab. <laughs> I'm not and then I came back and then I conducted an experiment in the classroom, which went awry. Did you get a, Did you get suspended over this? No, I didn't. I did not get suspended. But fortunately, the building did not burn down. That's a so good the, thing. So there was no there was no long term major damage. And you have all your appendages, I see. Yes, I, I, know I, I do. So I'll talk about that. My experiment with lithium. And of course, it was a huge, huge mailbag. There's a letter in your mailbox. Uh, he's here today for the <clears throat> Christmas bonus, I think. Got an email from Don in Alexandria. Dear Doc and Jim, I need to connect a desktop computer to my basement, which is uh, to my to my router, which is in the uh, which is in the sunroom. 
it's a long distance from the sunroom to the basement, and uh, I'm really getting bad connections. So, uh, you know, I heard your show. You talked about power line networking adapters. I did some research. I bought some power line adapters, Zyzel power line brown box kit for $69. I installed the two adapters, according to the instructions, and it, they work for a few minutes. <clears throat> then the connection <laughs> drops off, <clears throat> and it doesn't work anymore. Oops. What should I do? Well, Don, uh, you picked a good um, – I checked the the references on the power line adapters. You got a good one. So I don't think that's the issue. And the fact that it establishes a connection initially means that those power line adapters are working. Now, there are two reasons <clears> – <throat> <clears throat> that power line adapters fail. One reason is that the plugs are not wired correctly. <clears throat> you know, the ground or the, they're reversed. And so you can get a power line uh, tester and you plug it in and you see all, you need, you need to see the four green lights there. So you want to get a power line tester and stick it into those plugs. You can, you can get them at, you know, Home Depot. They're around there. You know, they're not very expensive. A few dollars. Make certain that your plugs are wired correctly. Now, the second reason that power line adapters fail is that people put them through surge protectors. These devices have to be plugged directly into the wall. If you go through a surge protector, they won't work or they won't work reliably. So make certain your plugs are correct. Make certain you're not going through a surge protector. And I'm thinking that's going to solve your problem. If it doesn't, give us a call back. We got an email from Emily. Dear Richard, <clears throat> she's in Taiwan, by the way. I listen to your program every day on Apple iTunes in Taiwan because I want to improve my English and listening and speaking skills. You really give me great help in learning English. Thank you so much. Best regards, Emily Lang from Taiwan. I was going to say you come to the wrong place, <clears throat> but uh, sorry. That's right. <laughs> well, thanks, Emily. Now, the podcast is on many sites, including iTunes. It's on podcastone.com. It's on techtalkonline.com, as well as stitcher.com, and many, many more. So you can find our podcast all over the place. We got an email from Amy in Baltimore. Dear Doc and Jim, I've been using my Netgear wireless router without a password on the Wi-Fi connection for several years. My boyfriend told me I need to put a password on the connection, but I don't think I need it. I don't have any neighbors living close by to piggyback off of my uh, connection besides i like being able to let guests connect to my network without having to that without the hassle of a password still <laughs> dangerous uh, do you think it's okay what do you think well enjoy the podcast amy in baltimore well your boyfriend was right amy you need a password <clears throat> without a password protection anybody just driving by could could hook into your network now there are two things that could be problematic for you if somebody attaches your network and, and many people do nefarious things using somebody else's network connection. For instance, if they download child porn, the police are going to knock on your door, yep, and they're exactly. not going to know who these guys are. Mm -hmm. And you don't really have any control over that. It could be somebody just sitting outside. You think they're waiting for a AAA uh, truck, tow truck, and actually they're just sitting out on the uh, sitting out in the road, hooked into your uh, hooked into your uh, Wi-Fi network. Not to now, be conspiracy theorists here, but I know. this could happen. It's possible. You could also uh, you could also have somebody get a sn sniffing software. They could sit out on the curb. They could have sniffing software on their laptop, and they would be able to sniff all of your passwords, user names when you're logging on, unless you're using uh, encryption. And so you you're basically exposed 100 percent if you if to people that are passing by if they have nefarious ideas. So look. 
you really want to get uh, a password. So I would suggest you 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 go to your router, get, you know, log into it, and uh, select the strongest encryption they have. I would not use WEP. That's wired equivalent privacy. That has been shown to be easily hacked. You want to use WPA2 or WPA3. WPA stands for Wi-Fi Protected Access 2 or 3. Use, use one of those. Those are longer passwords. They, 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 they keep renewing the key so it's, it's harder to use brute, brute force hacking to get into the thing. Now, and, and get a strong password that's difficult to break. The third thing is you want to change the name of your network. See, they can the default name on the network sort of gives a clue as to what yeah. as to what brand your router is. Yeah, so so change right. the name to something else, like Amy's network or or the, what I use, FBI surveillance van. FBI surveillance van. That's an excellent name. <laughs> <laughs> that is an excellent name. Yes. So Amy, you you need to really get started, and then you 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 need to just get a, you know, get a password that you can remember, and. Um, maybe if you're worried about forgetting the, the password, you could write it down and tape it to the bottom of your router, for instance. Um, we got an email from Lily in Fairfax. Dear Tech Talk, I'm trying to configure a Wi-Fi extender to get Internet in the sunroom. I noticed that the device has a button called WPS. I can't figure out what this button does. Help. <laughs> Lily in Fairfax. Well, <clears throat> Wi-Fi protected setup. That's WPF, Wi-Fi Protected Setup. It's a network security standard to create wireless home networks. It was created by the Wi-Fi Alliance in 2006, and the goal is to make network configuration easy. Most routers support WPS. Now, to configure the Wi-Fi extender with WPS, you want to go to your router and look around. You'll see a WPS button. It's normally on the front, down at the bottom. Press the WPS button on your router. That puts your router in discovery mode. Then you go to your Wi-Fi extender and press the WPS button on the Wi-Fi extender. The router discovers the extender at that point, and it downloads the password and the network ID, and it's fully configured. You don't actually have to manually put in anything. WPS makes it a snap to, to, uh, to, you know, to, to program devices like this extender. Now, you also have a WPS button on Android phones, but you to, to, to see it, you, you have to go into the um, Wi-Fi preferences, and there's a WPS button there. So if, so if, you'd want, if, you, had, if you have Android phones, if you're friends of Android phones, you simply press the WPS button on the router. Then they go into Wi-Fi preferences. They click WPS, and automatically the network will, will be set up, and they don't have to put in the password. Unfortunately, iPhones do not support WPS. Hmm. So you, you know, you're you're stuck with that. But iPhones will share a Wi-Fi password with each other. So if one person has the Wi-Fi password and another iPhone tr tries to log in, there will be an offer to share the password with the with the other person and you can just transfer the password that way just iPhone to iPhone. We got an email from Tung in Ohio. Dear Doc and Jim, I'm getting ready to buy a new Windows laptop, and I want to make sure it'll be safe from viruses. It seems like I remember reading somewhere that you don't need to buy an antivirus program for Windows 10 because it comes with it already built in. Is that true? I definitely want to, I definitely want to protect my computer, but I don't want to pay for something that I don't need. Well, Windows 10 does come with an integrated antivirus application called Windows Defender. Now, although there are a lot of third-party antivirus solutions that are better, 
Windows Defender is actually pretty good. Now, I would suggest if you're going to run Windows, Windows Defender that you run a uh, another malware program in the background, not live antivirus, because you can't run two live antiviruses that's at the same time. Run it in the background. Malware Bytes. Malware Bytes is really excellent, and it picks up stuff that uh, Windows Defender does not. So you can simply go to malwarebytes.com and click the big free download button. Now, you'll get a 14-day trial of a full antivirus program, which you'll have to turn off Windows Defender if you use that. But And, and then after 14 days, don't pay anything. It, it then expires, and you've got the free malware bytes. And that's basically an in-the-background um, malware detector. And that can be run then with Windows Defender. And that's totally free, and that's the best of all worlds. Now, if you want to replace uh, Windows Defender with something which would even be more robust, there are free versions of Avast and AVG, A-V-A-S-T or A-V-G. Those are free versions, and um, and you can use the free versions there, and then you and and then you won't have to use Windows Defender. The good thing is, that, like, if you would install Avast or AVG, which are actually better than Windows Defender, Windows Defender will detect that there's another antivirus program running and it will turn itself off and you'll be good to go. So best of luck with your new Windows 10 machine. Yes. We got an email from Mary Ann in Fairfax. Dear a tech talk, I can't turn off that annoying camera clicking sound on my iPhone. I was at an event last night and the noise bothered everyone in the room. <laughs> click, click, click. You know that shutter noise? And yep. enjoy the show, Marianne in Fairfax. Well, the would fact, this be a certain Marianne yeah, that we it, all that, know? That is, and, and this this was a real problem, actually. <laughs> this was a real problem, <laughs> and it was annoying everybody in this vicinity. Now, the fact is, the iPhone doesn't let you turn off that clicking noise, but you can get rid of it. If you turn on live photos, the clicking noise goes away. That gives you that little video at the beginning of the photo. I really don't like that. Uh-huh. Then there's no way to go into uh, the, the, the camera app and turn off the click. But if you, on the left side of your phone, you can push down the, 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 the button, and that goes between ring and silent mode on your iPhone, and just push your phone to silent mode, and that means it's not the, the, the ringer's not going to go off. And when you go into the silent mode, it turns off the click in the camera. So that's what I that's what I think. The next time you go there, just put your phone in the silent mode. And really, if you're in an event, you don't want your phone to ring anyway. It should be in the silent mode, and then your camera you will be quiet. I don't trust myself, so I just turn it off. Yeah, that. Then, I mean, that's. I mean, then you're safe. Exactly. Then you're safe. So let me ask you this question: Did you have to research this after the fact? Or did you know this during? <laughs> I researched it during the event because I was one of the people who was highly annoyed. <laughs> For those who don't know, should I should, should yeah, we you, say you, Marianne is? Yeah, Marianne is is uh, Doctor Shirt's wife. Yeah. Yes. Mrs. Yeah. Tech Talk. Mrs. Tech Talk. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I researched it real Fair time. She's not listening to the program. <laughs> I hope not. Uh, no, I mean, because maybe she would have known this. Yes. 
It's possible. It's possible. <laughs> Listen, we love your emails. We do indeed. Email us at techtalk at stratford.edu, and we get back to you as soon as we can. It is Saturday morning, and you're listening to Tech Talk Radio, heard on Federal News Radio, <laughs> part of the Federal News Network, 1500 AM, 103.5 FM HD2, 1039 <clears throat> FM HD2, and in Frederick at 104.5 FM, 104.5 FM, I should say. It's our Christmas show. This is our last <laughs> live show before the holidays. So if you're watching us on Periscope, download the Periscope app to your device. Follow us at WFED Tech Talk. Feel free to reach to the phone and grab yourself a holiday cookie sitting here on the counter. We'll be back in just a minute. If it's technology, it's Tech Talk Radio. IT trends, software, the internet, and IT careers. More of Tech Talk Radio presented by Stratford University coming up in a moment. In the next three years, there will be 3.5 million unfilled cybersecurity jobs. How can you make that work for you? Stratford University offers everything you need to succeed, from certifications to bachelor's and even master's degrees in cybersecurity to prepare you for a rewarding career in today's most lucrative and sought-after field, cybersecurity. Stratford has seasoned IT faculty, well-equipped labs, and real-life scenarios to help you achieve practical solutions to today's newest challenges. And Stratford makes a cybersecurity career reality with accelerated classes, year-round program starts, and both on-campus and online options to fit your busy schedule. All disciplines are offered, including digital forensics, networking and telecommunications, and our full line of degrees, including a master's in cybersecurity. Find the future of you with a future in cybersecurity. Go to stratford.edu slash cybersecurity today. That's stratford.edu slash cybersecurity. If it's technology, it's Tech Talk Radio. IT trends, software, the internet, and IT careers. Here's Dr. Richard Schertz of Stratford University with Tech Talk Radio. Welcome back to Tech Talk Radio. We're in the virtual faculty lounge at Stratford University talking technology. And now it is time for... Profiles in IT. Yes, today we're going to feature John Bannister Goodenough. John Bannister Goodenough is an American solid-state physicist who is widely credited with the identification and development of lithium-ion batteries. And for those of you who don't know, lithium-ion batteries are on every cell phone. Yep. They are in every electric vehicle. They are a key element in our quest for advanced technology, extremely important, and that is a very high storage density battery. And it's, uh, it's revolutionized electronics as well as electric vehicles. John Goodenough was born July 25, 1922 in Jena, Germany, to American parents. Now, he and his brother attended boarding school in Groton, Massachusetts. In 1944, Goodenough received a Bachelor of Science in Mathematics, summa cum laude, from Yale. Wow, nice job. Yeah, really. In 1952, after serving as an Army meteorologist in World War II, Goodenough completed his Master of Science and his Ph.D. at the University of Chicago. After his studies, Goodenough was a research scientist and team leader at MIT's Lincoln Laboratory for 24 years. During that time, he was part of an interdisciplinary team responsible for developing random access magnetic memory, RAM. You know, that's a big, mm -hmm. big development there in, uh, in uh, solid-state storage for computers. During the late 70s and early 80s, he continued his career as head of inorganic 
Chemistry of the Inorganic Chemistry Laboratory at the University of Oxford. Good enough expended upon the work of Sidney Whittingham on battery materials. In 1980, Good enough found that by using a um, lithium cobalt oxide, lightweight, high-energy density cathode material, he could double the ca capacity of lithium-ion batteries. See what it is? A lithium-ion battery, you've got lithium ions that traverse from the anode to the cathode. When you're charging, they go one way, and when you're discharging, they go the other way. And, um, and the key element of storage capacity is what is your cathode material? That's really the key. Mm -hmm. And so normally the anode is, is uh, carbon, and the cathode that he discovered was this lithium cobalt oxide. He combined cobalt and lithium for the cathode, and that made it a much more efficient battery. Using that cathode material, he doubled the capacity of the battery. Goodenough's work was commercialized by Sony and improved by Akira Yoshino, who contributed additional improvements to battery construction. In 1986, Goodenough was professor at the University of Texas in Austin in at the Cockrell School of Engineering. During his tenure there, he continued to study improved materials for batteries to help promote the development of electric vehicles. His group identified lithium-based materials that do not rely on cobalt, such as lithium manganese oxides that are widely used in most electric vehicle batteries, and lithium iron phosphates that are used in smaller devices like power tools. See, they, they were really worried about the fact that lithium-ion batteries with the, uh, with the cobalt cathode, sometimes they explode. So they were looking for things that were a little bit safer. In February 28, 2017, Goodenough and his team at the University of Texas demonstrated a low-cost glass battery. Now, this is a huge uh, innovation. It's non-combustible, which is really important. It's got a yeah. long, long-cycle lifetime, high-energy high density, and it's fast charge and discharge. In this case, instead of using a liquid electrolytes like they have with lithium-ion batteries where they go, through, they go through a gel. They, they, it's not a liquid. It's really a gel, and the ions propagate through the gel. Instead of going through a liquid, in this case, the ions travel through glass. They use glass electrolytes. And this allows the use of al alkali metal anodes, which do not form dendrites. But doesn't that make them fragile? Well, um, yeah, but they're they're encased. Okay. They, the, the, the problem, but it's still glass. They, they, <laughs> see, it, it's it's the problem with it with the lithium ion is that is that you form these uh, lithium dendrites, which then short out the battery, and then it explodes. So with the glass, you don't get the dendrites. This okay, is dendrites a huge. Dendrites are bad. I get it. Yeah, dendrites are <laughs> dendrites are bad. They, they're basically uh, you know like a stalactite right. or a stalagmite. They're sort of these long. They sort of grow and then they short the battery out and then it explodes. I think that's word for the day. Dendrites. Uh, dendrites. Yes. So in uh, and so so his key innovation in the beginning and, and this is what he got the uh, Nobel Prize for. He, he shared it with two other guys was putting the cobalt into the cathode. So it was lithium cobalt oxide and that doubled the energy density of the battery. Now, he's authored more than uh, 550 articles, 85 book chapters, and five books. Now, he received the Nobel Prize along with Whittingham, who did some initial work on battery technology, and Yoshino, who improved on his work. So the three of them together received the Nobel Prize in 2019 
for their research overall on lithium-ion batteries. Goodenough was awarded the Nobel Prize. Oh, yeah, yeah, we've already covered that, yeah. Now, he's the oldest person to ever receive a Nobel Prize. Really? Yeah, he's 97. No kidding. Good enough. Now, Goodenough still works at the university at 97. He goes into the lab every day. He's, he, they patented that, that, that glass battery. They've got three or four of their patents in the pipeline. He's hoping to get another major breakthrough before he retires. So at 97, his mind is still good enough to work. His mind is still good enough to work. <laughs> yes, it is. So there are everything you want to know about John Bannister, good enough. That's pretty amazing. One of the innovators in lithium-ion batteries. Hope you're paying attention because your knowledge, your recollection of what we just talked about could land you some free food by playing the pop quiz coming up here on Tech Talk Radio. Heard every Saturday at 9 on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. 1500 AM, 103.5 FM HD2, 103.9 FM HD2, and 104.5 FM in Loudoun County. Watch us do the program and vir and virtually enjoy some holiday snacks by following us on Periscope at WFED Tech Talk. To see what I could see. If it's technology, it's Tech Talk Radio. IT trends, software, the internet, and IT careers. More of Tech Talk Radio, presented by Stratford University, coming up in a moment. In the next three years, there will be 3.5 million unfilled cybersecurity jobs. How can you make that work for you? Stratford University offers everything you need to succeed, from certifications to bachelor's and even master's degrees in cybersecurity to prepare you for a rewarding career in today's most lucrative and sought-after field, cybersecurity. Stratford has seasoned IT faculty, well-equipped labs, and real-life scenarios to help you achieve practical solutions to today's newest challenges. And Stratford makes a cybersecurity career reality with accelerated classes, year-round program starts, and both on-campus and online options to fit your busy schedule. All disciplines are offered, including digital forensics, networking and telecommunications, and our full line of degrees, including a master's in cybersecurity. Find the future of you with a future in cybersecurity. Go to stratford.edu slash cybersecurity today. That's stratford.edu slash cybersecurity. If it's technology, it's Tech Talk Radio. IT trends, software, the internet, and IT careers. Here's Dr. Richard Schertz of Stratford University with Tech Talk Radio. Live from Washington, it's the Stratford University Pop Quiz with Andrew Mitchell, Jim Russ, Featuring Mr. Big Voice. With musical guest, the Stratford University Junkyard Band. And your host, Dr. Richard Schertz. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. Please be seated down. Please please, be, yeah, please sit down. The line forms at the studio door that's for the right, eggnog. That's right, that's right. We're going to be passing out the lithium-ion batteries later in the show. Just calm down. <laughs> Calm down, you're all, you're all going to get your fix of lithium-ion batteries. Now, this is not simply a radio show. No. This is a classroom of the airways, yes. and we have to assess whether you have been listening. And we do that with a pop quiz. You get the right answer to the pop, pop quiz, you'll get two tickets to fine dining at the Stratford University, one of the Stratford University dining rooms. You'll also get an A-plus for today's show. Now, earlier what in does the that get you in the A-plus on today's show? Where will that get you? 
It will get you at the front of the line. For eggnog. For eggnog, there yeah. There you go. Okay. <laughs> That's right. Now, um, it's yes. on spike, by the way. Now, this the is, line just got shorter. This is the critical question. Yes, please. John Goodenough improved the lithium-ion battery. What specific thing did he do to improve it and double the energy, den- now, energy density? As we were formulating that question, <laughs> I told Kevin Stansfield, our, our backup producer today, to be prepared for quiet phones. So we have a backup question. The backup question, which I formulated, is what is today's word of the day? So either one of those... Those are the uh, the uh, questions, and hang on a second because we need Mr. Big Voice to re-enter the picture here, and here he goes right now. If you know the answer to today's question, for crying out loud, put down the breakfast eggnog and give us a call. If you're dialing from west of the Rockies, it's 877-936-9333. Calling from east of Playa del Shirts, Virginia, it's 877-936-9333. If you're trying to recharge your batteries in Canada, call us on the wild card line, 877-936-9333. Everyone else, anywhere else, may call us on the international line, which never takes a holiday, 877-936-39333. Now, once again, here's Dr. Richard Church. That's your cue. Okay, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we are now back to some really riveting Yes. Are Riveting we talking more lithium-ion stuff here? No, but first. Oh, we have something else first. I have a tip of the week. Okay. Burglars are using social media to identify targets. You've probably seen Facebook status updates like this. We just arrived at the airport. So glad to be on our trip to Jamaica. See you all in 10 days. <laughs> now, most people who read this status update they think nothing of it, but a thief... Could immediately read it and say, hey, of course. I think I'm going to visit your home in the next nine days. <laughs> <laughs> now, while it's certainly understandable that one would want to share good news with a well-deserved vacation with friends, is it really wise to share it on the Internet? I mean, you trust your friends more or less. But how, about, your but, but how about the friends of friends? And a lot of people have, they, have friends on Facebook. They really aren't too sure who they are. Yes. And they could be impersonating. So exactly. you, really don't, you really don't know. So... Even if you have your privacy settings configured to share your Facebook posts with just your friends, how, how do you know they're not going to share with their friends and so on and so on and so forth? So it's much better not to post that you're going on vacation before you go. Post all your or, results when you get back. Or you could add another line behind, we're at vacation. Bubba the guard dog, the Rottweiler, will be watching the house while we're gone. That's right. And so this has becoming a bigger and bigger deal. And... Thieves have figured out how to use it. Yeah. So okay. now, now what we have here. We have here is we have, oh, we oh, have a we winner. Have, let me, uh, that'll wake you up. Wow. Oh, hey now. Let's, uh, we've got a, 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 we don't know which question this is going to be. We're going to go to Thomas and Bowie. Good morning, Thomas, and happy holidays. How are you, sir? Morning. Happy holidays yeah. to you. Okay, so Doc Church, you ask your question I'll, I'll first. Mine. Yeah, the John Goodenough uh, innovated the lithium-ion battery. What innovation did he do? And my question is, oh, oh, so you're going to answer the hard question. He got the cobalt in the cathode. Okay, do you remember what the the word for the day was? I don't remember. Ah, (laughs) There you go. We'll we'll still let you win. I told you, you you, Jim, we got a smart radio audience. We do, and in fact, you need to get the uh, the winning music there. There you go. Thomas, hang on a second. We're going to put you back on hold, send you back to Kevin. Kevin's going to take your information. Thank you very much for checking in with us and listening today. And why are we not hearing that? Or are we hearing that?
Because I'm not doing this. There we go. It's Saturday morning, and you're listening to Tech Talk Radio, heard on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network, on uh, 1500 AM, 103.5 FM HD2, and 103.9 FM HD2. We will be back with more of Tech Talk Radio in just a moment. I'll have a blue Christmas without you. If it's technology, it's Tech Talk Radio. IT trends, software, the internet, and IT careers. More of Tech Talk Radio, presented by Stratford University, coming up in a moment. In the next three years, there will be 3.5 million unfilled cybersecurity jobs. How can you make that work for you? Stratford University offers everything you need to succeed, from certifications to bachelor's and even master's degrees in cybersecurity to prepare you for a rewarding career in today's most lucrative and sought-after field, cybersecurity. Stratford has seasoned IT faculty, well-equipped labs, and real-life scenarios to help you achieve practical solutions to today's newest challenges. And Stratford makes a cybersecurity career reality with accelerated classes, year-round program starts, and both on-campus and online options to fit your busy schedule. All disciplines are offered, including digital forensics, networking and telecommunications, and our full line of degrees, including a master's in cybersecurity. Find the future of you with a future in cybersecurity. Go to stratford.edu slash cybersecurity today. That's stratford.edu slash cybersecurity. If it's technology, it's Tech Talk Radio. IT trends, software, the internet, and IT careers. Here's Dr. Richard Schertz of Stratford University with Tech Talk Radio. Welcome back to Tech Talk Radio. We're in the virtual faculty lounge of Stratford University talking technology. Let's talk lithium. Let's, lithium. It's lithium talk. Lithium talk. Of course, lithium is the, um, is, the, is the major element there in lithium-ion batteries. It's number three on the periodic table. It's a very light metal. It's, uh, you know, its atomic mass is only 6.9. Hmm. And if you, you know, you, and so that's very, very light. So it's a light gray metal. It has one electron, one valence electron, which means it's highly reactive, highly, highly reactive. So lithium, it's light gray metal. It's very soft, and they normally store it in kind of a, a grease so it doesn't touch the air. Grease? It, it's no sort of oil. They oil. they, they okay. store it in oil. It's like yeah. suspended in oil. Yeah, they just drop it in oil and it and it and it isolates it from the air because in the air it will burn. It reacts with oxygen and with nitrogen. So um, I was I was interested in high school in lithium. You know <laughs> what? Okay, let's ba- slow down a little bit. What in high school got you interested in lithium? Because it burned and did and did and did and did major Damaging things. Damaging things. Yeah. So so what you have to do in order. To, in let or- me ask you one other question. And how did you know this? <laughs> well, I'm researching out. I'm doing researching uh, out on the things that I think our chemistry lab should be doing. It seems to me that you were not your typical teenager. I would no, well, uh, perhaps not, per, perhaps not. Uh, so I, I, I had an inside track on the chemistry, uh, the chemistry supply room. So at, at the at the at the college there. So well, I thought so, this is high school. Well, no. I, oh, oh, you're in a high school, but you had you had connections at the high school. Listen, the, co- the, the high the college. school, the, the high school had no lithium there. It's too dangerous. Right. The college but you had changed it. that. The, the college changed that. So I wanted to make it more like a college class. 
So, so or, I, or a hazmat situation. So, so what I did, uh, I decided I was going to demonstrate how it burns in air. Now, the thing is, it doesn't ignite until you until you heat it up with a blowtorch. Okay. So, so I got a blob of lithium. So now you have to get a blowtorch along with everything else. I had a blowtorch. You had a blowtorch. I had a blowtorch. <laughs> so I so I heated up the blob of lithium, and and you sort of get this crimson flame this coming out the top. Now this is in class now, right? In the classroom. Okay. Yeah. You had not done this before. Never. No. Never. And so, okay, here's problem one. <laughs> Re uh, rehearsal is always a good thing. Exactly. Right? Okay. But right. I only had one sample of lithium, so it, it so I, so I, so I, so I, so I, had to, I had to go for broke. So, I got my blowtorch, heated it up, and I got the crimson flame, and it started burning uh -huh. like it's supposed to. Uh huh. <laughs> and the problem is, it then fell off the thing that I was holding it up with <laughs> because it's coming apart, right? Yeah. And this blob of burning lithium landed on the lab table and started burning its way through the lab table. <laughs> and, okay, can I, can I say something? We've done some experiments in the studio before. Let's not do that. No, I don't think we – well, I was thinking I could brought, I brought lithium in here today and we could have – Did you really? Yeah, but I was thinking we could have a – Do you have lithium with – I, 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 you know, I always, I could, it's I, in, other than in your phone. No, I could, I could get lithium if I wanted to. This sounds like the very last tech talk yeah. show ever. If you yeah. bring so, lithium in here. So I decided, uh, I decided not to bring lithium in today. I think that it was would, a wise a good move on your part. But, but you know, lithium is actually, um, now because there's such a demand for it, people are worried about, oh, can we get enough, can we get enough lithium? That's a very good question. Because lithium it's about half the density of water. It was discovered, by the way, in 1817 by the Swedish chemist Johan August Offwedson, who was analyzing a grayish, grayish mineral called petalite. Okay. Now, lithium makes about 0.002% of the Earth's crust. It's, uh, it, it isn't particularly rare, but it's not everywhere. Yeah. And we expect the global demand for lithium to rise by about 300% over the next 10 to 15 years because electric vehicles are expected to increase dramatically. And that also means it's going to become more expensive. It's going to become more expensive. So researchers are trying to figure out where lithium occurs. If you have the right combination of wind and water and heat and time, you get concentrations of lithium in the Earth's crust. And it's in several places in the, in the, in the Earth. For instance, the flat desert basins of the lithium triangle. You've heard of the I've lithium I've never heard of the lithium triangle. I think you've, I need you've, to look you've that heard up. of the Bermuda triangle. This is the li lithium triangle. Okay, Listen, I'm going to the interwebs right now. Okay, okay, Jim, I'm going to tell you. I'm giving our radio audience the best material for the cocktail party Let me tonight. Tell you, this this is comedy gold <laughs> the, right now. The lithium triangle. I see it. It's between Chile, Argentina, and Bolivia. Uh-huh. It's volcanic rock called Pegmatites. That's also found in that's in the lithium triangle. Then it's also in another location in volcanic rocks called pegmatites in Australia, and in the United States and Canada, it's in lithium-bearing clays. Now, pegmatite. So it's not in every volcanic lava, then. Is no, it? no. It's only in certain. It's, 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 it's whatever, whatever the wherever the volcano happens right. to vomit stuff up. That's right. Lithium. So, so before 1990, all the lithium came from uh, from processing pegmatites. Now, remember, the pegmatites are in Australia. We have got some pegmatites in the United States and some in Canada. And mostly, these are around volcanic activities. But you got to source. You you you've got to you know you know you mine the ore. You got to bring it up. You've got to crush it. You got to extract it. 
uh, and primarily from a mineral called spodamine. And it's very expensive to get lithium from pegmatites. And then they discovered a way to get it from brines. It turns out that in the lithium triangle of Chile, Argentina, and Bolivia, they have just the right combination of water, which is circulating through lithium-enriched soil. And you end up creating water, which is saturated with lithium. So miners pump out the salty water, which has lithium in it, to the surface into ponds, and they let the sun evaporate it. And then they add chemicals to it, and the lithium compounds, you know. So they're basically come making out. synthetic lithium this way, right? No, it's real lithium. Oh, it's, real, it's real lithium. It's real lithium because lithium is in the is in the groundwater, and they evaporate the groundwater. It's and like th- concentrated lithium. Yeah, and then and then to get the lithium compounds to precipitate out, they'll add compounds to it, and then they'll get lithium carbonate or lithium hydroxide, you know, pr- you know, coming out of the brine, and they use that then as a source of lithium. This is very cheap. So the brine method of getting lithium was really, really very successful, and most of the lithium now is coming from the brines, from the lithium triangle. Mm. I mean, how many people would, would ever know this, Jim? Nobody. I, I, did, I certainly didn't know this. Now, the clays are where the action is now. It turns out <laughs> the that, that <laughs> the United States has a huge amount of clays that are permeated with lithium. And this is basically when groundwater leaches the lithium from rocks and transports it to a lake where it settles in to the bottom of the lake as sediment, and then it turns into clay. It turns out in the West United States that all the right ingredients make lithium-rich clay are there. And in fact, the Yellowstone caldera is an excellent source of lithium. Interesting. And so most of the current lithium sources uh, in the U- in the U.S., of course, are the pegmatites in Australia and China and the brine mines in Chile and Ar- Argentina. But the United States is coming on top of the heap with their processing their clays very shortly. So, uh, the, you know, one of the things we were talking about before the show is that lithium. So these batteries don't last forever. They're 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 probably the longest lasting yeah. batteries out there. Yeah. They but they but they don't last forever. And so when they wear out, they have to be disposed. So disposing of them is a real problem, isn't it? It is. It is a problem. That is very true. So let me ask you this. Um, the, um, uh, the With the increased demand for this, mm-hmm. do you think we have enough? I mean, because I, I think, I suspect, we're hoping is that this is a replacement for fossil fuel at some point. Yeah, this this would be a, a, for as far, as far as storing energy. Yeah, we're, we're hoping this. Oh, this is why Good Enough is working on the glass method where mm-hmm. they're having a different kind of electrolyte. Uh-huh. So, yeah, but, but there should be enough lithium. I, I, I think we – but I, I'm going to tell you this, search for lithium. There's a competition between the United States and China. China is going all over the world trying to lock up rare earth mater- elements to use for electronics. So there's a huge competition over lithium right wow. now because of the batteries. So there's, there's kind of – there's like an un, un, you know, unspoken about war over commodities between the United States and China. As they try to, and China's try to lock trying, China's up. trying to lock up the commodities, yeah, all globally, and uh, and so we've uh, we've got to we've got to get on the stick, particularly in the rare earths. Lithium is not a rare earth, but th- there you go. This is uh, li- it actually it turns out lithium is such a key technology. I thought I should talk about it, even though it may well, drive might drive might drive everybody away from the uh, cocktail party. No, I actually thought that was pretty interesting, but but <laughs> I mean the thing the thing of it is is that um, I mean this is this is sort of the emerging. Uh, energy source or, or storage. Uh. It is. But you see these these um, 
uh, dendrites form in in the lithium, and that's that that's why they fail eventually. Mm-hmm. So when they go to the glass, uh, the glass. Um, uh, batteries where they get electrolytes going through glass, you, where you don't get dendrites, those might have a long lifetime. Really? That's what. That's, that's what. That's what. Good enough is. So he doesn't think lithium is good enough. That's why he's. <laughs> that's why he's looking on, looking, looking at the glass-based ones. I don't know. I found this very interesting, and this is best of show material. Yes, here, I'm telling I, you, because this this will last a long time. That was the uh, everything you ever want to know about lithium, and we will be back with more tech talk in just a minute. You're listening to Tech Talk Radio on Federal News Radio. We're heard on 1500 AM. 103.5 FM HD2, 103.9 FM HD2, and 104.5 FM in Loudoun County. We're all part of the Federal News Network. You can watch us do the show by downloading the Periscope app to your device and following us at WFED Tech Talk. Are fondly kissing. Will I be If it's technology, it's Tech Talk Radio. IT trends, software, the internet, and IT careers. More of Tech Talk Radio, presented by Stratford University, coming up in a moment. In the next three years, there will be 3.5 million unfilled cybersecurity jobs. How can you make that work for you? Stratford University offers everything you need to succeed, from certifications to bachelor's and even master's degrees in cybersecurity to prepare you for a rewarding career in today's most lucrative and sought-after field, cybersecurity. Stratford has seasoned IT faculty, well-equipped labs, and real-life scenarios to help you achieve practical solutions to today's newest challenges. And Stratford makes a cybersecurity career reality with accelerated classes, year-round program starts, and both on-campus and online options to fit your busy schedule. All disciplines are offered, including digital forensics, networking and telecommunications, and our full line of degrees, including a master's in cybersecurity. Find the future of you with a future in cybersecurity. Go to stratford.edu slash cybersecurity today. That's stratford.edu slash cybersecurity. If it's technology, it's Tech Talk Radio. IT trends, software, the internet, and IT careers. Here's Dr. Richard Schertz of Stratford University with Tech Talk Radio. Welcome back to Tech Talk Radio. We're in the virtual faculty lounge at Stratford University talking technology. All right, I want to talk about a simple way to create a long, complex password that you will never forget and and a way that you can have a different password for all these different kinds of devices. Right, okay. I mean, this is the key. Everybody says use a long password and make all your passwords different, and then nobody can remember them, so they end up make, making a simple password that is, uh, that's all the same. So, for instance, what you want to do is you take a phrase that you can remember. Say, like, Tech Talk Radio is on Federal News Radio. Or Tech Talk Radio is my favorite program ever. That could be. There you go. So you, do, you, you, you pick a phrase, or you, could, or you could say, I was born in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I mean, or I was born or I love New York. I mean, some kind of long passphrase that you won't forget. What you do is that then you take all the spaces out of that passphrase. And this would just be a phrase that you just remember easily. You take all the spaces out and then you capitalize the second word. You pick uh-huh. one, capitalize the second word in the phrase. And then you replace all the A's with an ampersand. Uh-huh. And then you replace all the S's with a dollar sign. That's pretty cool. I like this. And then what you do is, to make it unique, you add three letters at the end for which service. So, like, if you would log into Facebook, the last three letters would be 
F-A-C. Uh-huh. And if you use it for Gmail, it will be G-M-A. Uh-huh. Or, and so that every, so that you look at where you're logging in, you've got your standard password, and you just have the three letters assigned to that particular site there. That's very cool. Now, that's actually much easier. And you can get a long password that you will never forget. And then you don't need a password manager because, I t- you know, I always say get a long password, uh, but no, nobody ever does. But everybody can remember something, you know. True. Like like where they were born, what high school they went to, what, mm-hmm. what, what you know, I was born at, uh, you know, in this hospital or I used or I lived on this street, just some, something. And then that's your unique password and you'll have a different password for every every different location i use old radio station call letters and dial positions and i you know intersperse ampersands uh-huh. and, and pound signs hashtags mm-hmm. and all that and so that's that's my way of remembering it. but the nice thing is what you have one password to remember passphrase to remember and then that links you to all the passwords for all your sites yep. so you, you won't forget it that's so, a great formula I so love that. that was the that was the technique that I thought I'd like to share this morning on the uh, on the web uh, on the on the program this morning Huawei's darkest secret has been exposed now you remember Huawei was um, this is this Chinese company that is making you know cell phones are yeah. also making 5g technology and um, and the U.S. has been accusing Huawei of being very tight with the, the Chinese government, Chinese security. And there's a fear that they would put back doors in all of their software and they would use that to hack the United States. So the U.S. Uh, government has forbidden the sale of Huawei uh, cell phones in the U.S. They've also forbidden the use of any 5G Huawei material. And any of our partners, security to partners, we have actually forbidden them to using Huawei equipment in their, their countries or else we won't be partners with them. And Huawei say, look, this isn't fair. We're just not, we have nothing to do with the Chinese government. But now their secret has been exposed. There's actually an uprising uh, of the Uyghur Muslim population in Xinjiang. And, you know, China's been suppressing them by imprisoning them, putting them under surveillance, actually using organ harvesting where they'll kill them and to harvest their organs. Wow. Yeah. Now, Huawei's technology has been linked to Xinjiang before, but the company has always claimed that this was through third parties and that Huawei itself was not involved. China Cables, published by the International Consortium of Investigative Journalists, includes operation manuals and status reports from Xinjiang's surveillance ecosystem and detection camps. The far-reaching use of technology underpins all of this the, uh, the underreaching technology that underpins all of this surveillance method, method, techniques is based on Huawei technology, the AI-based surveillance, the intrusive data collection, the smartphone and general communication monitoring. All of this is monitored and maintained by Huawei. Huawei is front and center in providing the technology. Huawei's work in Xinping is extensive and includes working directly with the Chinese public security bureaus in the region. Their Xinjiang activities should be taken into consideration during debates about Huawei and 5G technologies. In addition, TikTok owner ByteDance, I mean, TikTok's got millions of users in the U.S. This is where, where kids put up short videos. I, share. You know, I just, I, I guess I have now 
topped out on the on the uh, technology spectrum. I I, I think, don't think I'm going to do either of these. I'm not interested in TikTok. I mean, but 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 young kids like to share 15 second videos, and mm-hmm. now they're accused of, of deploying public security and internet social media in Xinjiang, with the strategic cooperation with the Ministry of Public Security in China. So. I think all the Chinese companies are under the control somehow of the Chinese government. Uh-huh. So Huawei's secret is now out. It's and, out. Uh, out in the open. Now let's go here. Are we going to do Tim Berners-Lee? Yeah, let's, let's do Tim, Tim Berners-Lee here. Tim Berners-Lee is trying to fix the Internet. Now he, they call him the benevolent father of the World Wide Web. Uh, you remember he invented the browser back in uh, 1985. And um, he has created an international treaty which is designed to build, rebuild the web as its founders envisioned. The contract for the web flows from his proposal at last year's Web Summit, which was crafted with an input of over 80 organizations and surveyed citizens and spearheaded by representatives from Facebook, Microsoft, French and German and London governments. It outlines nine principles for government and companies to follow. Transparency, inclusivity, rational dialogue. It officially unrolled today over 160 backers and many other ones uh, are lined up. It's, uh, and it's, uh, you know, they talk about it on the World Wide Web Foundation, which Tim Berners-Lee started. Now, the contract's less of a law than an agreement on fundamental moral principles. Don't abuse people. Don't hit the kill switch, which means don't turn off the Internet. Don't spy on people. Tell, tell us if you're spying on us. Tell us how much you need to spy. Don't censor free speech. Now, here's the thing. The only enforcement mechanism is being removed from the backers list. I mean, it's just basically a wish list. So it's sort of like the Paris Accords. But it's, it's a good idea to at least try to do this, try to get the dialogue going. I went in and endorsed it. You can go to contractfortheweb.org. And I put my name in and said, I support this, contractfortheweb.org. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a good idea, but I, I don't think it's going to go anywhere because there are no real teeth. And I don't think it's going to keep China from turning off the Internet in Hong Kong. I mean, or India. Turn, India turned off the Internet twice this last week because wow. of, of, of outrisings in, in India. So I don't know whether, whether countries are going to do that. I certainly don't think it's going to do anything to change Facebook's colors. But he's trying, and he's trying to make the – web more altruistic so so keep keep going tim i hope you get some good results and maybe it'll be more successful than i think it will be okay ring camera a ring camera has been hacked and it exposed the bedroom of an eight-year-old girl a family in michigan claims that a hacker gained access to a ring camera placed in their eight-year-old's bedroom and the guy started talking to her he started playing mysterious music from the ring camera, oh and a voice could be heard saying, Hello there. I'm your best friend. I'm Santa Claus. Oh, good grief. <laughs> and, then, and, and then he said, You can do whatever you want right now. You can mess up your room. You can break your TV. <laughs> now, Ring said the incident was not related to a breach or, or, or compromise. It was due to the fact that customers often use that same username and password on all their various oh, accounts. Oh, good grief. And that's why that's why I, this story is why I gave the password uh, uh-huh. advice. And so probably the password was was uh, detected on another site, and they just they password just they one, just two, three. and they just reused the, the credentials. Now, as a precaution, Ring encourages all users to use two-factor authentication for their Ring account. That means even if somebody does get their password, 
they'll they'll there will be another code that's sent to their text to their cell phone and they'll have to put that code in so it, it keeps people it makes it much harder to to hack it i mean earlier this year a california family had a similar problem with a nest camera and their nest camera was in the house and all of a sudden they were getting this announcement security announcement that north korea was preparing to strike the united states with nuclear missiles oh lovely and um, but it was the same thing. The uh, no compromise of the Nest network, but it was just a, a a weak password that had been reused. Nest also advises users to use two-factor authentication. We have a little time left here. We've got a little bit Unless of time. Unless you want to just sit quietly with your hands full. No, I do not. <laughs> let's let's talk about programming languages okay. briefly. I think we've got a few minutes here for yeah, that. Okay. That's good. Okay, they, the top programming languages for 2019, for those of you thinking of getting into web development, what's worth learning, uh, really, the top of the list is always JavaScript. That is actually, that actually makes uh, web pages, it's what they call a front-end language. It, it, it brings your web page alive, and the signals, you know, the, the don't have to go back to the central server. The actual web page itself does, the, does all of the, 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 the computation. It's a front-end language. Now, JavaScript was developed back when they by Netflix, uh, by, uh, back um, back when they had the first browser that came out. Mm-hmm. It was uh, what was the name? Not Netflix. It's Net. Ah, uh, oh, why am I? I? I can't think of it. Yeah. Either. And so JavaScript is a, is a, is a very nice Netscape. First, Netscape. Yes, Netscape. It was it was it was developed with the uh, in conjunction with the Netscape browser, and it has really taken hold. It's everywhere. So JavaScript is. Is, is is quite a good language. It's not really Java. It's a scripting language, but they but they wanted to relate it to Java. The number two on the list is Python. That's a general purpose. You really like that, don't you? It is. It's a user-friendly programming language. The, the Python syntax is clear. It's intuitive. Similar to English. It's easier to learn. Python is... It's an object-based subset somewhere between... Similar to, some, similar to JavaScript... It's popular in areas for scientific program, mach- programming, machine learning, and engineering. Python's really used a lot in, in this machine learning stuff. Java. Java's the number three. This was actually developed over 20 years ago by Sun, uh, Sun Microsystems. Java's object-oriented. It's robust, contains no references data to external to the objects, which means that you can use reusable object codes. It's easier to uh, program. It's simpler than C++. Because Java automates stuff where C++ is weak, like they do garbage collection where, you know, un- unused pieces of, uh, of, of memory are collected up again and not just left out there. They also do automatic memory allocation. So a lot of the other areas are done. So do you, you, you want to start out programming JavaScript, Python, or Java are very good ways to go. And next time we will get together, I'll talk about the other okay. seven programming languages. Sounds good. Listen, we love your emails. Email us at techtalk at stratford.edu. We'll get back to you as soon as we can. And go to the Stratford University website, www.stratford.edu, and check out our programs and tell them that you heard about those programs on Tech Talk Radio. Tech Talk Radio is sponsored by Stratford University. For more information on courses at Stratford University, call 1-800-444-0804. Thanks for listening to Tech Talk Radio Online.